Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullrood. We are we have gotten through uh, the the drudgery that was Thursday night football and just what a horrible mess that was in terms of fantasy production. Um, not only from guys that you know every you know people were hoping to do well, but also from the guys that everyone was expecting to do well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not have a great game. Devontae Adams did not have a great game. I believe uh, the highest scoring person was either uh, was either Jimmy Graham or it was um, who was the other one? Uh, oh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. So, for all you Geronimo Allison owners out there like me, yeah, it's not looking good for him this year. So, um, what we are going to do today is this will actually be hopefully one of two episodes. We'll see if I can get the second one recorded. And on this one, we are going to go over all of Sunday's games. We will do the Monday night games uh, uh, tomorrow night or Sunday night uh, in our Sunday night uh, podcast I record uh, to go live Monday morning. So uh, today we will go through, I believe it is 13 games um, and just kind of who I like and who I don't like for fantasy purposes this week. And we will, uh, and, and I think that'll be it. Uh, really hope you guys uh, enjoy um, what we're doing here with Skulking Football and, and the amount of info that we're trying to throw your guys' way uh, in order to help you out and help you with your league. So uh, we've got a few stories, a few stories that we want to go over, um, and then we will be uh, we'll be ready to go. Oh, one more thing, real quick before we get into the stories. Uh, make sure for those of you who are actually in our NFL Pick'em contest, uh, the one where you, um, the winner at the end of the season gets a free um, signed and authenticated Marcus Peters jersey. Make sure you put in your, um, you know, if you missed Thursday night's game, that's oh, it's only one game, uh, but if uh, if you have not gotten in there to make your picks for this week, please get on there and do that. You don't want to get behind early already. So. All right, so why don't we go ahead and start with today's headlines. Today's headlines. All right, starting in today's headlines, we've got, I mean, what else can we do but start with the most whacked out story that has been going on in the preseason? It is official that... Antonio Brown's time with the Oakland Raiders is done. Uh, he has been released after quite a tumultuous uh, preseason. Um, I know that you know we've we've dealt with the feet issue and him not showing up to practices. We have dealt with uh, the helmet issue that he just you know didn't like. He apparently finally decided on a helmet. And uh, yesterday, Antonio Brown posted a, last night, he posted a, a YouTube video that uh, my brother Justin said is the most expensive YouTube video ever because it cost him $29 million. Um, in this video, he basically says they're going to play by my rules. Um, you know, I'm doing this for me. No one's going to tell me what to do. And in on the video, he had recorded audio of him and John Gruden talking on the phone. And I believe, I think Mike Mayock was also involved in that phone call. Which 
I believe is actually illegal in the state of California to record someone's um, record a phone message or re- record a phone call without the other person knowing. I know it's I know it's illegal in, in Washington. I'm pretty sure it's illegal in California too. So he had all that, and then apparently, um, the uh, Antonio Brown got uh, found out he got two letters. One saying that he was fined for two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars for contact detrimental to the team, uh, stemming from a Wednesday incident in which he yelled and screamed at. Uh, he got into a verbal altercation, I guess, with Mike Mayock, the GM, called called uh, Mayock a cracker. I believe was the, was the term used there. Um, said find this and then he kicked the you know kicked the football um you know across the field or whatever has been missing practices and so with this fine of $215,000 it apparently had voided the guarantees in Antonio Brown's contract so because of that because of that fine they find out that he's that um that it's voided everything Antonio Brown asked for his release and so they released him. So in terms of, because this game, the, the um, Raiders and Broncos game is Monday night. Um, just a, a real quick kind of some of the, the ramifications, I guess you could say, is this really hurts Derek Carr's fantasy relevance. Um, he still has Tyrell Williams, which Tyrell Williams stock goes up. Um, Darren Waller's stock goes up. Hunter Renfro's stock goes up. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of ramifications. We will see. I mean, everyone's just expecting that Antonio Brown is going to go to New England. I don't know if New England wants to deal with this and Josh Gordon at the same time. So we will see. Um, I'm, I, I just, I don't know. We'll see what, what kind of a deal Antonio Brown can get. Uh, what, what, Drew, what kind of magic Drew Rosenhaus can, can do for another diva that he is uh, representing. Let's not forget, uh, Drew Rosenhaus was the uh, next question guy from uh, the the famous Terrell Owens um, interview years back when he was uh, dealing with his own uh, team issues. So, uh, moving on, next story: Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons are finalizing a deal to make Jones the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, let's see, I think I've got it right here, or at least had it right here. Let's see. Um, it's a multi-year extension. Uh, apparently, there's still minor issues to work out, but they believe that the deal will be done today, being Saturday before game time tomorrow on Sunday. So that is good news um, for those of you who are wondering whether or not Julio Jones will actually play. Uh, this is great news for him. Uh, keeps him in uh, keeps him in Atlanta long term, and uh, you know it's he is a little bit older. Um, I think he is. He might be thirty or at least pushing thirty. So this is definitely a a lot of money to in, be investing in Julio Jones. But uh, definitely think that uh, you know with where he is with where he is at in his career, he is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. So uh, story number three: Melvin Gordon and the Chargers negotiations have officially halted. Um, his agent is still. Looking for a trade, and the Chargers won't budge on their offer. the The Chargers right now are are uh, offering something in the ten to eleven million dollar range annually, which would make him the fifth highest paid running back in the NFL. 
Um, his agent is still seeking a trade, but right now no one's no one's looking at it. Um, you know, there are enough uh, different issues with cap space for a lot of teams that this just you know may not even work out. So, so we will see where that goes. Um, talking about uh, Melvin Gordon and actually Antonio Brown, you know that there's some issues with sanity on 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 the play on the part of these players. If they're being called out by O.J. Simpson, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, go on to go on to Twitter. Um, O.J. Simpson actually posted a video um, of him basically t- telling Antonio Brown to chill out and just play football, to stop the craziness and just you know just play, and then tells Melvin Gordon to uh, basically um, swallow his pride and go play so he can get at, so he can just get the year and and, and move on from uh, from the Chargers. So. Um, couple other minor stories so i just thought that was funny that you know oj simpson is giving is giving advice to to players on on how to work things out so all right a few other minor stories that are coming through alshon jeffrey and the eagles uh looks like they have reached uh, an agreement on a deal um it's a restructuring so that it makes his 11.75 million this year turns most of it into a signing bonus and makes his 11.5 next year fully guaranteed so basically Alshon Jeffrey is going to be with the Eagles the next two years um uh what else do we have oh also the other the other big deal on here was that uh, Tyreek Hill signs a three-year 56 million dollar extension so um he is going to be with KC for a while so that solidifies you know what's going on there in terms of the wide receiver position and then in terms of some some injury news, uh, Jordan Reed is likely out. I don't I haven't seen if these have been officially officially marked as out for the game uh, tomorrow. The except the fact that the the Redskins are not expecting him to be ready because of dealing with a concussion, uh, they have already promoted a tight end from the practice squad. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Stefan Diggs, and Mike Evans are all questionable but likely to play at this point. Um, dealing with a uh, foot, hamstring, and uh, an illness that apparently has been making its way, I guess like a flu bug or whatever, that's been making its way around the Buccaneers uh, um, camp. And then DK, Mat- DK Metcalf is officially 100% uh, for uh, the game on Sunday, just uh, about two, two and a half weeks, maybe even three weeks. It might be three weeks uh, after having his knee scoped, um, getting some taken care of there. So uh, he is fully healthy and ready to go for this game. Uh, against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. And one last thing is that uh, Todd Gurley will apparently not be on a snap count um, for the game against Carolina. So he should get plenty of work. We'll see how we'll see how it affects him. I think that you know to begin the season they may use him a lot and then gradually work on lessening his load as the season goes on. So, that is it for the news and notes. So now what we are going to do is I've got this I've got this kind of set up so that I am only I'm trying not to 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 go too in depth here. Um, most of you guys, I mean, we're at season one, we're first game of the year, and so there's kind of hard to expect too much in some cases. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm actually going to go over. Um, all 13 of these games and simply list the two teams. I'm going to go over the players that I think um, 
are definitely startable, the guys that um, you should not have in your lineups, and kind of my prediction about where they're going to where they're going to uh, finish in terms of fantasy production, if they've got upside or not. So um, I will go through these again. We're going to blaze through these so that you guys uh, you know can get can get all this information. All right, starting off. Game number one, the Rams visiting the Panthers. Uh, starting with the Rams, I've got Jared Goff as a as a quarterback two for this week. I know that last year he finished as the quarterback seven or eight. Um, the Panthers look like they have uh, helped out their defense a lot, so Goff, Goff could struggle a little bit. Um, just we'll kind of see how that works. Gurley is a I have him as a as a low RB one in terms of his ceiling. Um, if he gets the the work, he definitely could have a solid game. Cooks and Woods both uh, have a ceiling of high wide receiver two. It's possible that you know a couple of big plays break. They could be wide receiver ones, so that's definitely something to look for. Um, and Cooper Cup for right now, I I understand people who would bench him. I know where he was drafted. Depending on how you drafted, he could be just a, a flex play. And for those of you who are not necessarily comfortable playing him this first game after coming off an ACL tear halfway through the season last year, I completely get it. Deep enough leagues, you may have to play him as a flex. I think that he could be okay. He always seemed to have the best rapport with um, with Jared Goff in terms of the red zone. Uh, when he played, when he is in the lineup, he dominates the red zone targets for the entire team. That includes Gurley, Woods, Cooks, everyone. Goff looks to Cup in the red zone. So if they're there, Cup is the guy that he's most likely going to. In terms of the Panthers, I have Cam as a top ten tied or as a top ten quarterback this week. I think that he could play pretty well. The Rams defense has struggled over the last couple of years. We'll see uh, you know some of the changes they've made help help that out. CMC, C Mac is matchup proof. You're going to start him. Uh, DJ Moore, I have him as a wide receiver three with upside. And Curtis Samuel, um, most people are not starting him unless, again, you're in a deeper, deeper league. And even some of the 14 and 16 team leagues, I'm not even so sure that he's a flex that he is being put out there as a flex play in a lot of those play in a lot of those leagues. Some of them he might be depending on how big the lineups are. I see him more of a DFS dart throw for this game. Uh, game number two: Redskins versus Eagles. Case Keenum is unstartable. Uh, Darius Geis, uh, the um, Gruden has said that the offense will go through Geis, so I have him as a flex play, uh, running back three with upside. Again, he is coming off an ACL tear from last year. Uh, Reed is not cleared, so it is possible Vernon Davis could be a value play in DFS. And wide receivers, who knows what's happening with the wide receivers. Again, Case Keenum's the quarterback right now, so we don't know what's going to happen there. In terms of the Eagles' defense, or in terms of the Eagles, their defense is really good, so that's another thing to kind of watch out and why I'm not so high on the wide receivers for the Redskins right now. Uh, Carson Wentz, looking at the Red, at the Redskins' defense, I like Carson Wentz to be a top-10 quarterback this year or this week um, and like him as a, as a solid play. Uh, uh, Ertz is, going, is a must-start. He's uh, my tight end, too, for the season. Alshon Jeffrey, I have him as a wide receiver two with upside, depending on um, you know what what uh, big plays he's possibly able to break off. He could uh, finish with wide receiver one numbers. Uh, Nelson Aglor, again, I see him as a dart throw. I've had some questions about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. 
He is still a wait and see. He is a sit unless you're playing in a 16-team league where it has four wide receivers, where you're basically playing every possible starter in the league all at one time. Um, I'm waiting on J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He is more of a, a dart throw uh, in terms of DFS if you hear that there's a, a uh, an injury. Uh, the running backs, I think it's going to be a pretty even split between Howard and Sanders. It's really hard to tell what's going to be going on with that so far. Game number three, Bills versus Jets. I actually like Allen for this game. Josh Allen, I have him as, I believe, my quarterback 12 this week. So in 12-team leagues, I believe that Allen is actually a streamable option for this week. Uh, Singletary, I have as a flex in PPR. Uh, Gore, I see as a flex in standard leagues. I think that he could put up some okay numbers. Um, again, I don't think either one of them are going to zero out and, and lose you your week, but they're definitely guys that uh, that can be contributors. Um, in terms of the wide receivers, uh, Zay Jones and, and John Brown, I like Allen more for his running ability than I do for his passing ability. And so in this game, I'm still waiting on them. I'm keeping them on the bench for now. In terms of the Jets, uh, Josh Darnold, um, I have him as a mid QB two, so he's more of a, a second quarterback in two quarterback leagues. Possibly as a super flex, I think he could be he could be serviceable against the Bills defense. But the Bills have a very solid defense that I believe is somewhat underrated for this year, especially in fantasy. Bell, I have as a running back two with upside. Again, he has not played in a meaningful snap in twenty months. I don't even think that he played in the preseason at all. So. He is definitely a guy that I would just kind of – I think they're going to manage his reps. And so um, if you think about it, even the Pittsburgh Steelers did that last year when he was coming off a, a, a suspension or something for a couple weeks. So um, I have him as a as a running mid-running back two um, with upside. But, I mean, if you drafted him, you're, you're starting him. So just don't be disappointed if he only puts up running back two numbers. Ty Montgomery, I have as I have as a DFS value play uh, as a flex. Thinking about how teams are or how they may split carries with Bell and Montgomery, this was something that they talked about early in the pre or earlier in the preseason, especially with how well Ty Montgomery was working in that offense. So definitely something to watch out for. Robbie Anderson. Um, I have as a wide receiver three with upside. Again, we just don't know which Robbie Anderson is going to show up. Plus, he's he's questionable but likely to play. So there's something to watch out for there. Uh, the Falcons and the Vikings. Matt Ryan obviously is going to, for the most part, is going to be a must start. Um, Aaron Kagan just put out an uh, uh, his start set article on SkullKingFootball.com on our website. Actually has him as a sit this week because of going up against the, the Vikings defense. Vikings have very solid defense. So that's definitely something to watch out for. Uh, Julio Jones is a must start. Calvin Ridley I have as a wide receiver three or a flex play. I mean, he's known to absolutely blow up for games, but where you drafted him, I think he's more of that wide receiver three or a flex for this week. Um, Austin Hooper, while I have him as sort of a sleeper tight end for the season, I still see him this week as a tight end two against the Vikings D. In terms of the Vikings, Cousins, I have as a quarterback one potential um, against the Falcons defense that really struggled last year. Dalvin Cook, I see on that cusp of that running back one, running back two, running that running back 10 range. 
Um, definitely could have a big game against the Falcons defense. And Diggs and Thielen are both wide receiver twos that have the ability and upside to put up wide receiver one numbers. I am not so much involved with the uh, Kyle Rudolph um, and Irv Smith stuff. I don't I don't know where to go with the tight end there, so I'm not even I'm not even going to start them. Moving on, the Ravens versus the Dolphins. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I have, again have him as a top twelve QB with how much they have him running. Um, I do. I have seen a little bit of improvement in the preseason games with his throwing. Something to watch out for. I don't know how much it's actually going to be. Oh man! And I got to interrupt this now because uh, it looks like Antonio Brown has just come to an agreement with the Patriots per source from Adam Schefter. Great. So moving on to again the Ravens. Uh, Mark Ingram, I see, is a running back to or flex. I know that he's a solid running back. Just coming into a new team in the season where he turns 30 with how many miles he already has on his legs, that's just not a situation I like. Um, I think Justin Hill or Justice Hill is a flex in deeper leagues, deep like 14 to 16 team league, more like 16 team leagues is a flex possibility. Uh, probably more of a wait and see type of guy. Mark Andrews, I have a sleeper tight end. Um, I think I have him in right around as that tight end 10 uh, for this week. Um, for the Dolphins, I have them absolutely getting trashed. So I have Fitz, um, Fitz Tragic, actually, is the way I put it down here. I don't see him doing a whole lot this week. He is not startable. Drake and Ballage, I am not starting. Drake maybe is a, as a flex play in PPR simply because of the fact that they have said that they want to get him a lot of touches. They're going to pass him the ball. Devontae Parker is the only wide receiver left basically on that team, and I'm not starting him either. He is a wait and see what they can do with it. Moving on, the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. Mahomes is a must start. You drafted him in the second round most likely. Uh, in a super flex, you probably drafted him in the first round. You need to start him. Although... Be warned, he may not have the best game. He may be more in that low-end quarterback one going up against the Jaguars' defense. Uh, McCoy and Williams, both running backs. I have you know more of that running back to flex position. We'll kind of see what happens with them as we go through the season and how those roles play out for right now. I'm limiting the upside to running back to possibly flex play. Kelsey is a must-start. Tyreek Hill is a must-start, but again... Temper expectations with Tyreek Hill. He is going to be followed by Jalen Ramsey basically the entire time. In terms of the Jaguars, Nick Foles I have as a QB two. Uh, you know we'll kind of see if they get behind. If the Jags get behind by enough, they're going to have to throw the ball. So I could see them possible. Uh, you know Foles possibly moving into that low end quarterback one. Uh, Fournette I have as a running back two with upside. If he finds enough holes, he has the ability to put up running back one numbers. D.D. Westbrook is the only wide receiver I am putting into a lineup and only as a flex from the Jaguars. Moving on, the Titans and the Browns. Mariota I have as a quarterback too. Or if you just don't want to even deal with it, I'm okay with that as well. Uh, uh, Derrick Henry I have as a running back three. Again, we just don't know what that offense is going to be able to do. I know that the Browns have increased their defense and made that even better. So uh, Derrick Henry is the guy I am avoiding. I avoided basically in all my drafts. 
Um, so even if you have him as your first or second running back, temper expectations. Corey Davis, I have as a wide receiver three or a flex play. Delaney Walker, a tight end two with upside. If Mariota is healthy and throwing the ball well, uh, Walker is going to be his number one target. So he has the ability to put up tight end one numbers. Adam Humphreys, he is a sneaky flex play, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily do it in a 12 team, but a 14 to 16 team, definitely worth putting him in as a flex in PPR leagues. Mayfield is a must start. Chubb is a must start. OBJ, I am putting as a wide receiver too. I know people drafted him you know, probably as their wide receiver one or maybe around the turn as a wide receiver two as their second wide receiver behind, you know, one of the big guys. Um, but with his hip, he could only, he may only put up wide receiver three numbers. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I see as a wide receiver two or three, could put up the exact same numbers or even better numbers than OBJ in this game. And I have Najoku as a tight end two in a tough matchup against the Titans linebackers who have been somewhat tough against uh, tight ends in recent years. Moving on, the Colts and the Chargers. Jacoby Brissett, I have as a quarterback two with upside. He, uh, his running ability helps him out. Uh, I still have, again, he's more of a super flex type of play or quarterback two or 2QB play. Uh, Marlon Mack, again, he was probably drafted as your running back two. I have him as more of a running back two or three uh, with this uh, with this matchup. Uh, Naheem Hines, I have as a possible flex play in PPR in uh, you know 12 team leagues and above. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver two. Uh, Paris Campbell is a wait and see. I know everyone's hyping, hyping him up. I am waiting on Paris Campbell. Just haven't seen enough of him, and he's coming off of a hamstring injury. Uh, Ebron and Doyle, I am waiting to see what goes on there. I have them both as low tight end ones. Um, Ebron likely to get more time, uh, more action than Doyle, but definitely something to watch. Uh, Rivers, I have as the quarterback, uh, you know, that t- kind of a tier edge of quarterback one or two in this um, in this matchup, probably more towards the quarterback two, towards that quarterback 13 or 14. However, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot unless Justin Jackson is an absolute beast. Um, in that case, you know they may actually run the ball more, but I see them having to pass a little bit more because they don't have the the threat of Melvin Gordon. I have Austin Eckler's running back two in PPR. Uh, Justin Jackson is more of a flex play in standard leagues. Keenan Allen on the edge of that wide receiver one and two. Um, he was going to get more action. As long as Melvin Gordon is out, whenever Melvin Gordon is out, uh, Keenan Allen gets more targets and more production as the safety net for uh, Phillip Rivers. Mike Williams, I have more of that wide receiver three or flex that could put up huge numbers on deep plays if he makes the plays. And Hunter Henry, I have as a low tight end one. All right, five more games. Let's get through these. Bengals versus the Seahawks. Dalton, no, just don't even bother. Mixon. He was probably drafted as a running back one or two. Uh, he could struggle a little bit in this game. The The Seahawks have increased their defensive line um, with some great defensive um, run stoppers. So he could struggle a little bit and put up maybe mid to low end running back two numbers. But again, the guy is so talented, he did lead the AFC in rushing last year and could put up a running back one, a running back one game in this game. So Tyler Boyd. Uh, with not a whole lot of offense really for the Bengals, he struggles when A.J. Green is not there to put up the numbers that he did last year. He was better with A.J. Green, so I have him more of as a wide receiver two or three. 
Wilson could be a range of outcomes. He could put a, he could put up the second or third best uh, quarterback game of the week simply because of touchdowns, or with how much they run the ball, he could you know have a you know throw one touchdown, 150 yards, no t- no interceptions run for 20 or 30 yards and have Chris Carson go absolutely off. So uh, I have Chris Carson as a running back one. I think that he has the potential to put up a top five week in the running back position this week. Lockett I have as a wide receiver too. Again, he's not going to get as many targets as a lot of people expect or or as as a lot of people would expect a wide receiver two to get. He just does a lot with them. Um, He also is used on jet sweeps like a Tyreek Hill is. And so I have him as a wide receiver too. DK Metcalf, I have as a as a sneaky dart throw in uh, DFS. So we'll cover him more when we do the DFS show. Uh, 49ers versus the Buccaneers. This could be a possible shootout. Garoppolo I have as a quarterback too with upside. Again, all depending on what the Tampa Bay defense can or really can't do. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I have a flex play. I have as a flex play, mainly in PPR. Matt Breida as a flex play. George Kittle, you're not going to sit him. You're going to play him. Again, I have my reservations about Kittle this year, but at this point, it's too late. You've drafted him. You're going to start him. Uh, Jameis Winston, top five QB potential in this game, simply because we're you know, we still don't know much about what that 49ers defense is going to look like. They have struggled in the past. Um, but with the weapons that Winston has, he has Evans as a wide receiver one who's most likely, again, going to be playing after this illness. Godwin wide receiver two. If Edwin's, if Evans doesn't play, Godwin's going to put up wide receiver one numbers. That's just what he's going to do. Uh, I'm not playing any of the running backs in this. O.J. Howard has a mid to low tight end one ceiling. All right. Uh, Giants versus Cowboys. Eli, no. Saquon, he is matchup proof. You are going to play him. Sterling Shepard, I have as a wide receiver three in PPR simply because they got to throw the ball to someone. Uh, Ingram, I have as a low tight end one simply because of the linebackers for the Cowboys. They have put together a very good, very solid front seven with uh, quick linebackers that can move around and can cover tight ends. So while Ingram may get volume, he may not get um, he may not get the amount of yards that you're expecting out of the targets. Dak Prescott going to the Cowboys. I have Prescott as a high QB two, um, possible QB one again, depending on how um, the the game plays out. Zeke. They've said that the, the Cowboys have uh, reported that there's going to be he's going to have about twenty to twenty five reps. That's only twenty to twenty five snaps, not carries or touches, obviously. Um, so I have. I have him as a as a running back too because he could put up the numbers. He you know they could put him in goal line situations just to get him in the end zone. Pollard has flex appeal especially because of his pass catching ability in PPR. Cooper I have as a solid wide receiver too, but don't be surprised if he puts up a stinker. Lions versus Cardinals. Two more games left. Stafford I have as a mid to low quarterback too. Carry on Johnson is a running back too. Uh, Kenny Galladay wide receiver two or three again just because. We don't know. They've moved to Daryl Bevel being their offensive coordinator. Daryl Bevel, of course, was the coordinator for the Seahawks in the in you know in those first few years where they kept leading the league in um, in rushes and in rushing efficiency. So they may be moving to throwing the or to running the ball close to fifty or fifty percent of the time. So I am downgrading a little bit. Um, you know, Galladay and Jones. I think that Galladay and J- Galladay could put up wide receiver two to wide receiver three numbers. 
Marvin Jones is a possible flex play simply because of his abilities on the deep ball. Moving to the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, I have him as a solid quarterback too. I'm not expecting a whole lot from this from this air raid defense or air raid offense. Now, they are going up against the Lions, and they are at home, and the Lions have struggled on defense. And so, you know, this could be a big coming out game for them. David Johnson, I have as a low RB1. He'll get the volume not only running the ball, but also pass catching out of the backfield. Larry Fitz, I have as a wide receiver three or flex play. Christian Kirk, I also have a flex play, but more likely in a deeper league from 14 to 16 teams. And the last game, the Sunday night football game. Uh, the Steelers, Big Ben, I have as a low QB1. Juju, low wide receiver one. This is, will be a tough matchup as he is, I believe, going to be followed by Stephen Gilmore in the, the entire game. James Conner, I have as a low RB1 because the Patriots have struggled in the past with pass catching backs. Funny how they are a team that loves pass catching backs. Now, James White has always been so good for them. They struggle sometimes against pass catching backs out of the backfield. And McDonald, I have as a low tight end one. As far as anyone else on that team in terms of wide receivers, they're all wait and see. I know Dante Moncrief is, you know, supposed to be the wide receiver two. He may only put up wide receiver, you know, wide receiver three or flex numbers. I'm not willing to, um, you know, with how low that pick was and some of the other options I'm sure that you have on your team. I'm not willing to go that direction. In terms of the Patriots, Brady is a QB two with upside. Can put up QB one numbers. I'm just not expecting it the entire season because of how the um, the Patriots do have a massive running back core. So uh, Sonny Michelle, most likely a running back two, again, could put up running back one numbers depending on how healthy he is and how much they use him. Again, they have a bevy of running backs. We'll see how they use. Uh, James White, I have as a running back two or a flex in PPR. And in terms of the wide receivers, I have both Edelman and Gordon as wide receiver twos in PPR. And that, with, that is all 13 games that are going on Sunday. I made it through without needing too much coffee. All right, so that's all I've got for this show. Really, I just wanted to cover those. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and gotten what you need from, these, um, from that run-through. If you guys ever have any suggestions on things that we can do to improve this, please let us know. You can um, message uh, message the show or message me uh, on my email. You can go to my profile on uh, skulkingfootball.com. You can go to my profile and figure out and find out my my email there, uh, guys. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We hope that you guys are. As ready and jacked for the season as we are here at Skulking Football. Thank you for listening to the show and good luck this season. We'll talk to you later. Hey, Skulking Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.